Hey guys, welcome to the Muse Chasers Podcast. My name is Mike Neal, and on this episode, I'm going to be talking with Tony Gibson, a, a super talented guy, man. He, he's a musician. He's really into metal, like myself. He, he's an actor, a director, a writer. He's got a movie coming out called Gypsy Moon that looks just amazing. He's got a trailer out for it, so you guys hit YouTube. Make sure you check that out, and if you stay all the way to the end of this uh, uh, episode, I'm going to actually have some original music by Tony. So make sure you stay to the end. And this this is for metalheads. If you're a metalhead, you'll love this. It's good stuff. So stay to the end. And make sure you, you go out into the world and, and be creative. Creativity breeds happiness. And uh, chase your muse. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, if I'm so tired tonight, I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm guys so today i am talking with actor writer director and musician tony gibson how are you doing today tony i'm good i'm good mike how are you now i, I i'm just wondering how did you get into all of these different roles because you you're wearing a lot of different hats here yeah um man it, it kind of started with from childhood you know i was uh, i was kind of just uh one of those wild kids that, um, you know, would take my bike to the top of the hill and um, not, you know, worry about suffering the repercussions rolling it downhill. But, uh, uh, yeah, I was always one of those those, those daredevils and uh, go-getters. And it's um, uh, it's kind of always in me to just, um, to like, take on these, these characters and stuff and enjoy it. You know, it's uh, like, um, like kind of like a living, <clears throat> I guess, never growing up kind of thing is what it is. What what did you get into first? Uh, I'm sorry. What what did you get into first? I mean, it was it the acting or the the writing or or the music or? Uh, music is where where it began. Uh, I was with a band called Ink Blood years and years ago. It was a heavy metal band, and uh, I performed on, on stage a few times. And of course, I had you know long dreadlocks and had my hair to kind of kind of hide myself because um, I was I was uh, you know uh, I. I you know, I never admitted it, but I had a little bit of an issue being in front of large crowds. You know, I was kind of had anxiety, and then uh, I moved into theater from there. And uh, I had a professor there that was like a 40 year professor of theater, kind of teach me how to, you know, to uh, be able to move into a direction where I would be comfortable, you know, with, um, with uh, being able to create these characters and kind of live in the moment and the here and now. And, and um, yeah, he, uh, he, he kind of showed me <laughs> what um, what a toolbox meant. Uh, a toolbox to an actor is kind of like an emotional, invisible box. And all these emotions that you kind of have since childhood, you store into this thing. And you pull out certain emotions for certain characters. And uh, just depending on, you know, how how deep you're willing to go to, you know, to uh, kind of create life into into these characters is you know all new as an artist and as an actor my thing has always been if it goes out once it's going out it goes out for good so you know why not try to you know make it make it the best it could ever be yeah because it's kind of immortalized you know at that point now did you do much acting in school like any school plays or uh no no i wasn't uh no i was kind of a bad boy in school (laughs) I was, uh, I was, yeah, I wasn't, uh, yeah, I was in SAC and I was in, uh, you know, OSS and I was, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too good of a kid in school, but I, what thing is, is I always took up for the underdog. You know, I think that's what my problem was, you know, I kind of got that, that bad boy card at an early age and, you know, I was a fighter and I liked to scrap and I liked to fight, you know, but it was, it was one of those things that you kind of outgrew, you know, in a way is. You know, uh, it wasn't it wasn't about who who held the title. It was about uh, kind of like you know 
just kind of in you to, you know, box for a few and then want to go drink a beer kind of thing. You know, it wasn't like trying to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's in school. I was never, I was never the artist type that came later on. You know, it's like, uh, like I had an awakening, um, mm -hmm. one day and then, and then from there it was like, wow, I mean, this is what, what I really want to do, you know? And, uh, from from that point, it uh, yeah, it kind of escalated to you know doing films, and I think I, I started off as an extra once I left theater. Um, I started off as an extra, and I worked for like um, these little bitty. I uh, had these little spots in different movies, and uh, one was Grindhouse, which was uh, we went out to right here in Austin. Uh, was that Troublemaker Studios set uh, for Robert Rodriguez, and wow. I think I was out there. Yeah, I was out there for like two weeks, two and a half weeks, and then that escalated. But uh, at first, it was like, yeah, you guys, uh, I was I was working a day job, and then I have to go out there and perform all night, you know. And of course, you just you kind of like move around like cattle, you know, just wherever they want you to be. But what I took in from that is, um, I, I was I was kind of, you know, standing in in I guess places I guess I wasn't supposed to be. You know, I was like there watching Robert, you know, do all his work and didn't say anything. I was one of those quiet people in the back that would that would watch this, this master of his art, and I'd watch how he would do it and what he would say and how he would move and and talk to his people and how he positioned his cameras, et cetera. I was just one of those people that would just constantly watch that, you know. So even though I was an extra, it was still it it was more of an you know learning experience because. That's something I wanted to dabble into as well. You know, yeah, eventually directed my own film. Well, I, you you stood behind one of the greats watching him. Yeah, I yeah. mean that that seems like it was a perfect opportunity to get just kind of a, a bird's eye view of you know how the sausage is made. Exactly. How, how, uh, I was going to ask how. I mean, you said you directed your own film. Uh, before we talk about that film and. You, I mean, before we get into that, how, how did watching him affect what you did when you went to go direct? Oh man, it was. Um, it is kind of. It's something that that you really can't put a lot of words to, but it's something that burns inside of you. It was like this this um, this this video game you knew you had at home and you wanted to go play. You know, and you knew it was a, a vast video game, right? So it was getting home as quick as you could to go play that game because you were just you were super excited about it. It was kind of equal to that kind of feeling. You know, uh, Kimberly Pierce, um, the, stop, uh, the director for Stop Boss, I did the same thing with her. Uh, we was working for uh, Paramount Pictures at the time. And I was, uh, yeah, I was also, I was a MEP soldier in that film uh, that was starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ryan Fleet. Um, Channing Tatum, you know, kind of a couple, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of big stars out there. Uh, kind of did the same thing with her, you know. I would sit back and watch her, and watch how she moves and what she does and how she was positioning and stuff. And yeah, the same, same kind of thing. And that, I guess, you know, I guess I just took that all in and kind of re replayed it in my mind as to, you know, just kind of over and over again how things should be done. And um, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Scott Rice, is a professor at UT. He um, uh, he did this little spoof called Script Cops, and it was about you know it was kind of using the cops the theme thing that you see on TV, and uh, <laughs> we would uh, we would kind of bust in on people for writing bad movie scripts. Hmm. You know, for <laughs> it, was, it was comedy, but it was funny. But uh, you know, uh, he had one of those eyes and one of those visions himself. You know, that was like. Yeah, you know, kind of like uh, you know, um, I guess we're all you know nerds in our own aspect. I'm I'm one of them, definitely like Star Wars and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, just yeah. kind of put yourself in that mindset where it's like you know you're inside the ship, you're the one controlling the wheel. Uh, you 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 got your hand on the helm. You know where are you going? What are you doing? You know that kind of that kind of mentality. You know that kind of thought process. That's what all of these greats seem to have. You know, and that, that's something I was seeing that I guess in myself was I was lacking. You know, I was hungry for it, but I was like, how do you make that happen? Well, that that I found the answer, being out there, being in, in, the, in the element and doing it. And uh, that, that really, really helped me, you know, in my career. Now, you said that uh, you've already directed your your first film. What What is that film? 
Uh, well, I, 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 my directorial debut is already out on Amazon. Uh, uh, the writer and uh, another director, he, he was like a co-director for this film that he wrote. Uh, it's called Something in the Woods, and that was it's on Amazon Prime now. Uh, anyone can go out and see it. But my directorial debut is on that film. Uh, the first film that I've written and directed is called Gypsy Moon, and uh, it, it'll it should be it'll be out in 2020, fall of 2020. Can you tell us about both films? Uh, about uh, which one? Something in the Woods? Yeah, so, uh, I, I want yeah. to hear about both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Something in the Woods is uh, my directorial debut. Um, I had a shoestring budget. Uh, it was a Christian uh, film with God's Own uh, Ministries. They're the ones that kind of put together uh, like what they needed to, to do a Bigfoot film. And uh, the story was based on the Calvary Couple's speech. Uh, which uh, our family had had a farmhouse, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's based on a true story. They uh, had to leave their house uh, after kind of being invaded by this this creature uh, that didn't harm anyone, but it would it would disturb them to to a point to where they you know they didn't feel safe in the house. And um, uh, we we ended up shooting that over like I think uh, over the it was the summer that we ended up shooting it. And, uh, man, you're talking about some hot, hot days <laughs> trying to get that film done. But, uh, it came out, it came out, it came out pretty cool. A lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of time and energy went into it. Uh, a lot of creativity from most on David's side. Uh, mine was just kind of like the point man to, to try to make the shots happen. Mm-hmm. Peyton Pierce was our, was our DP, he was our cameraman, which had a lot of input behind it as well. Um, so yeah, as well as guerrilla style films. Being my being my first start to debut, that you know it was uh it was it was pretty pretty cool. Um, I know uh, Angela Angela Harder. She's a, a Los Angeles actress. Um, she she was starring in it beside uh, David Ford, and um, and then I had a, a small role in there as well. A guy named Carl. So uh, there's like a little fight scene in there. It's pretty cool. And um, one of my good friends, uh, his name is Jason Bruce. Um, we got him to play the Bigfoot. And this guy's tall to begin with, big comedian, but man, in that suit, uh, there's <laughs> there's some about it that just he was he was uh, real eerie, you know. Um, uh, mm-hmm. We also put him on stilts, you know, or had him walk across kind of these plank things we set up that that would make him have to like duck to duck down to like view inside the top of the door. And we just made him huge, you know, about close to nine foot tall. Wow! So that the uh, yeah, so that. Uh, so the calculation, uh, according to the creature and to the people that were eyewitnesses as to what they saw, tried to make that a reality through the, you know, through the film. So that was a um, wow. It was real neat. It was real neat, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, most uh, most days we're out there, uh, you know, after after we know we'd you know kind of caught up on the day and we had a lot of our shot list complete, and you know, we'd play around, you know. And uh, I think the lead actress there. Uh, Angela was terrified of this guy in the suit. <laughs> and uh, there's, uh, you know, of course, I'm a director, but also a prankster. I had uh, one of these night shots set up where uh, the truck had to back up, and, and she knew he was supposed to be in that position at, at one point. Uh, and then I told Jason, you know, I was like, well, I need you to hide in these bushes over here, and there's something unexpected. <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to get a good scream out of her, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I still don't think he's forgiving me for that, but oh my god, we uh, we had a lot of fun. A lot of but fun. Did you tonight. record it and did it make it in the film? Uh, it didn't make the cut of the film, uh, unfortunately, because it was, it was too much fun and you could tell him having fun. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I wish it would have, but the, at this point in the movie, uh, we got you know, it's basically the family leaving the house in the state of paranoia because. This creature is is it's basically the last straw. You know, that family can't take anymore. So I couldn't have her smiling, you know, and laughing, <laughs> pulling out of the driveway. So uh, yeah, uh, but uh, it, it was good, man. It was really good. It was, um, uh, you know, definitely jokes and then a lot of humor on set. And that's it's kind of you know, uh, that's what it's all about. That's what that's what it, that's that's what what it, it seems. Yeah. And anything yeah. that you're you're doing that's a creative process, it's supposed to be fun. That's absolutely right. Now, uh, what what about the the film that you wrote and directed and acted in? Okay, uh, Gypsy Moon is that one. There, it's uh, it's a 
the uh, it's a fantasy thriller. Uh, and it's basically takes place in 1799 Romania. Uh, it's 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 a film I wrote that I wanted to have an original concept to. So um, what I wanted to do was was have a story where uh, everybody that was in it kind of they didn't have any names. It was like a governor or captain, you know, child gypsy. It was one of those. It was one of these things where it was a universal language that was being spoken. So um, I, I don't know if there's a movie out there that's done this. Uh, not that, not to my knowledge. Uh, so something I was trying to do uh, was put something out there that was it was extreme. You know, it's it's kind of shot in a guerrilla style as well. But uh, we used the um, uh, uh, dragon res as far as the camera, which is a super super nice uh, rig to to film this. Uh, Andrew Newton was was my DP at the time, um, starring Alexis Arnold. And Lauren Locks, um, and, and a bunch of actors that that were involved. Were, I mean, everybody was great uh, doing this doing this project. Um, but we um, we've got there's a lot, not, not a lot, and I, I can disclose because I don't want to ruin it. But uh, as far as <laughs> as far as the werewolf um, and stuff that is going on with like the supernatural side of it, I think it's really going to take people for a loop. Uh, you're not going to expect. Uh, the ending to be what it is to me, you know. Uh, the way I wrote this was to was to try to to reach um, reach deep, you know, reach an audience on a deep level. That way, it's a matter of thinking and processing as to how these sequence of events actually took place and and what has happened. So, uh, but it's it's got it's got all three elements. It's got uh, it's got the thrill to it. <laughs> it's got the suspense. And it's got, you know, it got a hint of romance in it. So uh, it'll be a different, different kind of werewolf film. Very different. Now, um, where in but, the, where are you guys in the process of the film now? Are you, are you guys done shooting it? Yes. Yeah, all the shots have been done. Uh, all the shooting has been done. Uh, it's, it's sitting in post-production. So what we're doing now is, is mastering uh, uh, the, the final edit and the final cut and then it's going into um, a lot of the, co- uh, the composing and stuff has been done on it already as well so uh it, it's a matter of yeah just getting everything pieced together and really kind of going through the fine tooth comb to make sure you know putting out once it's going out for good that thing and um and yeah uh, set sail on it uh right around halloween of 2020 now are, are you playing a a larger part than most directors do in the you know the the post production, or you just kind of chill back and you got other guys working on it, or girls. Uh, it's 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 been through uh, several uh, through there several different top studios. Uh, I'm I'm one of those people that have been kind of on on top of it. I'm always uh, like there uh, to to kind of see certain things through. You know, as to how how I want the story to be told, uh, more or less. So yeah, I don't I don't ever. When it comes to like doing something like that, I don't really ever sit on the sidelines. I'm always there to try to put my eyes on it and and then put my creative input as to how it needs to, you know, the kind of needs to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's been one of those things. Uh, but um, uh, I'm also, you know, I'm also wanting the, the creative side of things to also come out in other people. So my uh, guy who did the 3D modeling, uh, um, uh, really really cool. Uh, uh, gentleman <laughs> Duncan, yeah, Duncan um, uh, Loop, uh, Loop. He was he was my 3D modeler, um, and he did a, he did an amazing job with this creature. I mean, he did a very 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 nice job. So little things I was letting, I was kind of giving him the you know the, the, the overall as to what I was wanting this creature to be, and then how tall and how big, uh, because I wanted something that would just kind of power drop through through a house or a cabin and like almost being a like a, a shaking uh rabid state where it was all over the place like not only is this thing you know 11 foot tall but it's also a beast you know it, it there's nothing that can stop it you know it's just like a it's like a machine almost is basically what it, you know uh, to be portrayed as <laughs> so mm-hmm. i think if it ever caught up to these people i mean it would just tear everything and in, 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 in sight to pieces you know so yeah it was, uh, I was wanting to do something uh, where it would be uh, you know and intriguing uh, in the same sense it was scary uh, and um, and also you know 
uh, getting there toward the end, it, it really, really kind of unfolds as to what is is an actual play, you know, uh, versus the story that you you just sat and then kind of was kind of going through. You know, I kind of want to take this, this I want to take the audience through a journey, you know, so to speak, just to, you know, what is going on, what's happening. You know, it's a historical piece as well. So um, it's, uh, you know, 1799 Romania. So it's a period, you know, costumes and all that stuff are all, are all, um, uh, all necessity in that, you know, spot on. So, so what, what inspired you to write those? Uh, it's, uh, I guess several different things in the fact that, um, I wanted to first off do something original that no one has ever done. Uh, I'm a huge monster fan. I mean, I was, um, I'm a big fan of Dracula and the mummy and you know, a lot of the universal monsters. I'm sorry. You, like, like the universal monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Universal monsters. See, since I was a kid, I've always had like the toys and everything. I was a huge Castlevania nerd. So I still am. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. never lost it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm always monster lovers and that, that's probably some of the best signature. Just about anything, everything I do is, you know, I love, uh, I love things that are supernatural. Uh, I like to do, you know, things that are dark, but yeah, cool. You know, I'm not too big into like super evil kind of stuff and all that, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I, I like to dabble in the in things that are dark. Yeah, cool. Now, when it comes to the music in this movie, you said that uh, you do metal. Is there going to be like any kind of metal to the to the soundtrack or is it going to be kind of more of a... Yeah, just a score or uh yeah yeah no it won't be no metal uh, on it uh yeah metal is is a different a whole different beast um you know to to me writing and and doing directing and stuff uh as far as a movie i try to you know i think it, to any movie the, the score is the heartbeat of that film so um unlike you know i mean i know people do it like um i think uh <laughs> um like underworld that had something like that where you know mm-hmm. kind of flashed this thing where the guy was changing and metal was playing. I love that, you know. I think that's that's pretty cool. But with this being a historical piece, I want to keep it to where it was, you know, more um, you know, last the Mohicans. I'm a huge fan of like scores like that. Um, uh, things that are uh, Adrian von Ziegler is kind of signed on uh, to to this film, Gypsy Moon. Uh, he's a huge composer. There's a song that I that was very inspired by that he had written that I that I, uh, bought bought the rights to. So uh, yeah, so uh, I wanted to keep it where it was score, um, where it was basically movie worthy, you know. Um, and you know, uh, with it being a timepiece, uh, it's it's a little bit different, you know. I'd yeah, like that, that makes stay, perfect sense. Yeah, like to stay preserved and then keep it keep it primitive, keep it tribal, or not tribal, but keep it um, you know keep it according to the times you know there's plenty of time for metal <laughs> <laughs> now uh just what because we brought up metal uh did now did you start playing metal i mean what did you start playing in a band during high school or what? it was a little bit after high school yeah i was uh i was playing in a in a in a band a little bit after a little bit after high school I uh, met uh, met some some good friends and we just started jamming and, uh, and then we started playing like little gigs here and there and uh, it's actually yeah uh, we know it's the one thing that never did happen and uh, we had like a full I think we probably could have had like a full album at the time but then uh, we never went to uh, I think we went to studio one time <laughs> and tried to get a little solo cut and it was just it was one of those things where it was your first band you know uh, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that really came with that was a lot of good times and, and a lot of cool mosh pits and, and uh, of course we were always going to metal shows you know metal shows was the thing to do back then um, and, and and speaking of metal you know that's um, I, I was recently on uh, a podcast uh, here out of Austin it's uh, called uh, Metalhead Music Ed and uh, some good friends of mine uh, Liz and Chris Blundell they um, they got they got a little podcast going that's, that's really neat and they have their own like a little music, uh, metalhead music show going where, you know, um, I'll just have people look it up, but it's something to, uh, that's really, really cool. 
mm. really neat that uh, that these these people do it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, like, from being in the music world and being in Austin, I guess it kind of you know music is pretty big here in Austin, Texas. You know, I got to get a lot of a lot of different musicians that are um, that are you know those friends and very inspiring. Um, there's a, a small little uh, video. I shot a video for uh, a band in the past there, and then I'm going to be shooting. Um, I'll be part of shooting uh, 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 another video here in the beginning of January for um, uh, Edge of Destiny. Wow. So Edge of Destiny, yeah. <laughs> Edge of Destiny is a leading uh, see, that's a, a female front band. Uh, Craven Cato is a good friend of mine. Uh, Stan Peters is the drummer, and Astrum uh, Lucis is uh, the the bass player. They're all uh, they're all like super cool. Um, but I'll be yeah be shooting a video for them. Uh, with uh, with some other people beginning of January, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now I can't remember if um, Gary Clark Jr. is from Houston or not, but I remember watching the huh? special about how he kind of got discovered in Houston, and how Houston has this huge music scene that a lot of people really don't know anything about. Yeah. It, it, man, it is, uh, it, it, it's huge as far as, uh, multiple levels of different kinds of music. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of the thing is, uh, you, you won't, you won't have, you won't be short of anything. You know, of course, you know, I'm a, I'm a metalhead, so I'm always like, you know, keep it, or don't, don't keep it metal, but like, you know, have more metal here. You know, <laughs> there's never yeah, enough metal. I, I, <laughs> right, never enough metal. Now, uh, a good, uh, good buddy of mine helped me cut my solo. Um, uh, uh, Daniel Espinosa. Uh, he's um, basically with uh, HydraicMusic.com. Uh, him and his, uh, he's got a buddy that's uh, Roberto. Um, they, he, I think they run the In the Box Mix.com type thing for, um, uh, for like recording and recording studios and stuff. Uh, Mark Wilson. Uh, is the guy who mastered and actually is the composer for for uh, uh, the other main composer for uh, Gypsy Moon is Mark Wilson. Um, he runs Magic Room Studios out of Georgetown. As, uh, him and him and his wife are just really, really just just beautiful people. Just awesome, awesome friend. Yeah. Hey, uh, you say, it, did, it, did you say you do have some solo stuff that you've recorded? Oh yeah, yeah. As as far as uh, recording, like uh, was it studio? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's a composer as well. He does uh, like uh, basically what I was I was kind of with the movie side of things. I was getting him to kind of give me something that was, you know, gypsy and um, you know definitely historic and again things that are like you know Last of Mohicans and uh, things that are like fantasy. Uh, I'm really into um, that are kind of big. You know, makes it sound really large or. You know, it's like a like god ship floating through the sky, you know, type of sound. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So that's uh, kind of what I'm going, what I was going for in my solo project is uh, I want to be able to shake the ground uh, when it's a live version of, of, of the music. So there's like a lot of uh, bass drop, like a, a lot of sonic drops, like sonic boom drops. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a link on YouTube <laughs> that uh, anyone can go check out. Uh, Called Products of Demise by uh, uh, a band called Chalices, and that's my um, that's my solo project that I've got. Um, I did with uh, a few of these musicians, so uh, written, composed it. No, uh, but definitely prepare, prepare yourself. It's, it's metal. Yeah. <laughs> what, when can uh, do you know when you you guys might have a trailer out for the movie? Yeah, uh, for Gypsy Moon, there is a trailer out. Yeah, oh, already. Um, okay. Bit. Yeah, yeah, there's already a trailer out for it. I think it's an unofficial and we'll try to get uh something uh, uh I was trying to hide the creature as much as possible. But uh this this past uh, like a month or so ago I decided to do a release, like a picture release of of the creature. So uh if anybody goes to the Gypsy Moon feature film on Facebook, uh we've got a Facebook page up. Uh, I'm hoping to have like an official uh, official official uh, trailer out um, um, like the beginning of 2020. That way um, I can really really amp up uh, the the buzz behind this film coming out in October. Do you guys have like a projected release date for it at all, or uh, not not an exact date? It's just uh, I'm, I'm looking to definitely have a release by fall of, of 2020. That's what I'm looking to do. No, uh, because they um 
uh, there's a there's a several other projects. I guess I've been um, I'll be in as well. Uh, that so I'll, I'll be you know I'm taking on a little bit of a team to try to get to get um, to get that project taken care of. Um, there's a, um, a TV series uh, that's uh, called The Lori Parish that I was in this, this past year, and it's going to be out. I uh, believe that we shot the pilot for it this past year. Um, and Misty Mocha Corzart, she's uh, the writer and director uh, for this um, for this um, TV series <laughs> that I was in. Uh, it's uh, starring Saskia uh, Lynch and Teresa Mills, John Hall, uh, Cortina Jackson, and C.J. Morris. Uh, a lot of a lot of just awesome awesome people. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't places where you go where it really feels like film family, you know. Uh, there's places where you actually are able to operate even better than when you would uh, under, you know, other normal circumstances just because of the, the level of hosp- hospitality that, that some people have. And this, this group here is, was, uh, was phenomenal. And uh, Misty was was just dynamite as far as directing and you know, what she had written, um, she definitely wanted to stand out, uh, much like, um, you know, uh, the award-winning director, um, Kimberly Pierce, you know, she has a lot of those same, same qualities about her, well, she's just humble and sweet, but yet she's a woman that's going to tell you exactly what she wants, and, and, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you deliver, you deliver well, and, and then guess what, we're moving on the, the number two. So it was fun. That's fun. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Now, did you have any more projects coming up? I do. I've got uh, there's a, a film uh, called uh, Good Night, Ellenby. Uh, it'll be actually uh, will be uh, it's been shooting, uh, and then there'll be more shooting to be done uh, yeah, coming up. And it's uh, it's starring myself, Alessa Best, uh, Laura uh, Ellen Wilson, and Michelle Masker. And that's uh, a project written and directed by C.J. Goodwin. Uh, he's also uh, just released a movie called Jackson that I'm in. Uh, that's on Amazon Prime now. So, yeah, a lot of lot of cool things in the mix. So, uh, well, I got to ask what Jackson's about now because that Jackson, it's got it's got a good twist to it, man. It's uh, it's kind of one of those uh, like ghost films, you know, ghost supernatural films. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too much away, but it's got a good twist to it. It's got a really good twist. He's a good story writer. Um, uh, very, very good. So I'm really excited to be in his uh, his next his next project, and then uh, some of the stuff he's got that he's talking about doing later on is just phenomenal, phenomenal. And on writers, uh, Christine uh, Farias, she's uh, <laughs> she's my girlfriend. She's she is a super good writer as well, and uh, she's got some stuff coming out. Uh, in 2020 as well. So it's going to be a pretty nice surprise to see her break out in the industry. Now, how is that having somebody in like the same creative field as you as a partner? Uh, that is something I've, I guess I've, I've always looked for in a woman, you know, uh, something I've always had a hunger for, I guess, you know, um, to be creative with, 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 uh, you know, with a girl and have like an artist, uh, sharing, you know, sharing viewpoints and, uh, being able to write and collaborate and, and all that stuff together is like, it's almost like a dream. You wow. know, that's, um, yeah. That's I mean, awesome. It is, uh, yes. It's something that I've, <laughs> I've always, I guess I've always wanted, you know, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed, you know, uh, she's super talented and, um, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Seeing where things move and launch in, into the future. Now you said Jackson is. Uh, you can find that on Amazon Prime now. Yeah, they can find Jackson on Amazon Prime. Something in the woods is on Amazon Prime. Uh, and then uh, this, um, uh, the other things I've done, of course, I'm sure you can find. You know, like a you know, stop loss, uh, grind. Oh, not th- I mean things I'm in, not things I've done, mm-hmm. but things I'm in. You know, these other things are out there. Uh, script cops. Uh, was in uh, Elvis and Annabelle as a reporter. Uh, <clears throat> I was a uh, club dog and jumping off bridges. Uh, let's see, um, a couple more over there. Uh, so, 
uh, like the Overbrook brothers. That was another police officer. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, oh, um, sorry. Spear of Destiny is another film that will be coming out in 2020. It's, it was a Christian film that was shot, by, uh, written by Dr. Stephen Mizick and, uh, it's, it's starring, uh, me and, um, uh, Josiah Carter. Uh, and it decided to play a double role in that film. Tried to play the role of a sorcerer uh, named Arifites, and then the devil, uh, Apollyon. So I had to play like a double role in the inside the same film. Just pretty neat. It's very was very that cool was how that, they did that. Was that difficult to have to play two different characters in the same film? It it, it wasn't. It was more fun. Then it was difficult because um, mm-hmm. uh, he had these spots where we had to mark on the green and then uh, and then just kind of imagine, you know, how, as far as height as to who, you know, who you're talking to, how you'd be talking to him. And I think there's a point where we were kneeling before, you know, we were kneeling before the devil, you know, as evil sorcerers would do. Uh, so it's like, yeah, it was, it was very, very creative, very fun um, to, to be able to do both of these characters. Uh together because I wanted to paint two different pictures uh, for an audience. So that's that's what I try to do as an actor is pull from that toolbox uh, several different times. Um, so yeah, the, the whole character actor thing is something I, I enjoy and I, I think I do well along with dialects and you know um, uh, yeah, looking forward to the future. I, I just had a couple more questions and before I do that, did you want to just go ahead and plug where people can find you at? And uh, where they can find your find your info and your movies? Sure, 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 sure. Uh, you can uh, basically you can find me on imdb.com. Uh, uh, Tony O'Dell Gibson. Uh, you can find me at Instagram on uh, Howling at Full Moons, uh, or you can find me on on Facebook, of course. Um, uh, Ghost Ship Zero Three Six at Gmail is my is my email. So uh, you know, I suggest to you know just to anyone and everyone if. Um, you know, they have a project or, yeah, say I've got several things going, but if there's something, you know, uh, going on, just reach out, you know, that's where it begins. So, um, I just want to give uh, a shout out to a couple of, couple of people out there <laughs> as far as, um, uh, some pretty cool supporters. Um, uh, Cynthia Test is, is a lady out there that's trying to get her films and writing projects up and going. And she's, she's a very beautiful woman. And, just a beautiful soul, and uh, she's she's got a lot of love in her heart, and a good person. And I want to see her move forward. Uh, Larry and Gray is another dude out there. It's it's like super cool, really good writer, and um, uh, yeah, he's you know I want to kind of you know lift lift people up with me as as I you know I move along. I guess is what I'm. I guess I'm trying to do as mm-hmm. um, You know that's that's kind of important to me to to see other people move up with me. Uh, so yeah. Um, it, it, it's uh, it, it's exciting. It's exciting, you know, because one day, you know, that door might just open, and um, and then if you ever step through it and you're on to the next level, then you know people can look back and say, hey, that guy was showing me love on that talk show, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so uh, you never know where it can go. You know, yeah, that that's one thing that uh, I always try to say, man. You never know, you know, especially when it comes to films. You never know who the next person is that may make or star in your favorite film. You never know. know. Films come from all over the place. Uh, It doesn't have to be somebody that's on a million dollar, millions of dollar budget that's going to make a good movie. It doesn't have to be somebody huge. You don't have to be Tom Cruise to make a good movie. Yeah. No. No, and man, and you know what? There's there's talent out there, that, that's hidden talent. There's there's so many diamonds in the rough out there now. Um, you know, um, there there really is, and it's uh, it's a matter of just never giving up. You know, if I had anything to suggest to anybody out there, I'd just say just don't give up. You know, just keep pushing forward and do what you love. You know, make sure you love what you do to begin with, but do what you love, man, and it'll it'll all pan out. You'll you'll get to that place where you want to be. And if that's one day among the stars and stars waiting for you to, to sign your name, keep at it. 
Well, you actually just answered one of my last questions just then. <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> well, I, I want to know, uh, so I knew you're a metalhead and, uh, and I am myself. I just wondered, uh, who, who's a couple of your favorite bands are. Oh, dude. Uh, okay. I got, uh, as far as favorite bands, um, uh, my girlfriend has turned me on this band called Catatonia. I love this band. This band is super, super cool. They're they're, they're my lighter side of metal. Uh, mm-hmm. Heavier side, I like Soulfly. I like uh, Gemini Syndrome. <laughs> I like, um, uh, I guess, that band out there that was uh, I played like constantly. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I can't remember. Um, anyway, I, I can't remember the band name, but uh, they were... Um, of course, I'd be on a radio show to, 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 to forget them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, they, um, yeah, but I love metal, man. Metal is like, it's, it's always, I'm always playing something. Now you you, know. You're from Texas, so you got to love Pantera. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, Pantera is like, yeah. Have, uh, have you definitely. heard of uh, a band called Power Trip? Mm, no. Power Trip? Yeah, you should check them out. They had I, as far as I know, I think they only have one album out, but it is uh-huh. very uh, along the lines of kind of Pantera, and yeah. they're really good. They're one of the better metal bands that I've heard in a long time. Oh wow, Oblivion, Oblivion, Scarif, Nebulio Scarif, Nebulio Scarif. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember, <laughs> but yeah, you gotta check these guys out. It's it's basically uh, Latin for forget. Uh, forget not, forget not. So check that band out. That those guys are set. That was the band I still remember. Yeah, you see why it was hard I'll, to remember. <laughs> also, I, I just have to ask you this because a lot of uh, a lot of metalheads I think are torn between this band. But how do you feel about Ghost? Ghost, uh, man. I actually, actually, yeah, I, I, I like Ghost. I like um, that. It reminds me of uh, Blue Oyster Cult. You know. It's got a lot of the same, uh, same kind of, uh, you know, same kind of feeling. Uh, the guitarist, man, you know, that dude, I, I just like love the way he plays guitar. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm not all about their message. I don't, I don't care about their message. You know, uh, as far as what they're putting out there, um, you know, church state and all that crap. I'm, I'm a Christian guy, but I love their music. Yeah, you know, I would totally jam it. So, uh, and I do jam it. Uh, but, but uh, yeah. Well, I I think uh, a metalhead. I think that you you would know that you can listen to that, and a lot of it has double meanings to it. It's not right, right, yeah, the right. the message that just from the outside you look at it, what it portrays. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not if you listen to it deeper, you can find what it, like the true meaning is behind the songs. Right. It has this and, rough and then, exterior. Yeah. Yeah. I see the theatrics side of it. Being a filmmaker, being a musician and stuff, I, I can see the theatrical side of it. You know, I, mean, I can see, you know, kind of what they're going for and all that. And that's fine, you know. They have each, each, basically each of their own, you know. The uh, thing to me is, you know, if I put a baby kitten in your hands and you go Google eyes on me, you're not too damn evil. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like, you know, I ain't about that. When people that say they're... They're evil most of the time. I can't take them seriously. So, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I throw, I, yeah, as a Christian, I cast no stones. That's how I see it. You know, I cast no stones at anybody. You know? So, now my last, yeah. my last question was going to be, uh, what advice would you give for anybody getting into what you're doing? But you kind of already answered that. So I'm going to try to rephrase it. What okay. advice would you give to someone that, is ready to direct their first film and ready to step into that spot. What advice would you give them to, to help them prepare themselves for that? To help them prepare themselves for it. What I would, what I would suggest was make sure that you are, you're not overthinking what you're doing for one. Okay. Let it, let it, let it free flow. And let it be an enjoyment. Not, don't let it be something that you get out there day two and you're completely stressed out and things are not working right. Da, da, da. 
just be one of those guys that's cool. You're calm and you're collective. You got a handle on things. You know, everybody's, you know, uh, everybody is on target and on time with what they've got going. And you got plan B and C and D already, already sitting in the back burner. You know, be one of those guys that enjoys what you do. And don't, and, 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 and this is for any artist out there. Don't, don't ever lose that kid at heart. You know, don't, don't lose that. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to be a good artist, be a kid at heart first. And then you'll find all these other things just begin to open up. You know, if you're really enjoying it, like that game you're trying to get home to, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be rewarding once you start cutting it. It, it sounds like, um, if you walk in, I mean, I'm assuming as a director, when you go on there, go into the set, that everybody's probably going to feed off of you. So you would probably uh-huh. need to, if you go in there and you're kind of uptight and you're unsure about yourself, you probably set the mood for everybody else. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you go and you walk in there with confidence. That is your project. You're on a limited time to get it done. And if you're on a budget, that means that clock is ticking. So the, 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 the stress factors are already in play before you ever step out of the car. So that's why I say what I say. Don't let that be the reason why a scene or something that you're doing uh, will be half-step, you know, or halfway done. You know, make sure that you're living in the moment, you're enjoying it, um, and then and, and everything is kind of flowing the way it should. You know, stick to your shot list and stick to your, your film schedule. You know, this is what you're supposed to be doing from, you know, 6.30 in the morning to 9 o'clock and then 9 to 12, 12 to 1. You know, everybody's break and, and, and take care of your people. Now, that's very important. Take care of everybody that's part of that. You know, feed your people uh, and make sure that they're, they're comfortable, places to stay, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Uh, uh, that's, that's probably, you know, it's really important. You know, of course, uh, you, the more you work with other people, then you'll understand how they operate. And you won't have to worry about if your DP has got all his batteries charged or if the, the audio guy has got enough, you know, uh, hip bar backup mic in case one went down. You know, the little things like that won't no longer become, you know, it'll become second nature to you to know uh, what, what you should be prepped for. But uh, when you work with people over and over, then... Um, it's it's almost like you know it's an automatic that you don't have to worry about you know you know these people are on top of their game uh, they're good at what they do and everybody's a team everybody's a team and focused on that one goal and the thing is in acting that's to feed each other so when you're an actor you're feeding the other actor so that they look their best and they're doing the same for you so that you look your best and then everybody behind the camera is quiet and reserved and, and as soon as cut and that then they're like you know they're like ants on sugar so yeah mm-hmm. get the next thing set up so it, it's like that you know it's a good time um and then and it, it's steadily moving so the best the adrenaline drug anybody could ask for natural drug well brother i appreciate you coming on here man and uh you know let me talk to you and I hope uh, I hope I get to uh, talk to you again, man. You know, once uh, Jesse Moon gets going and everything, and hopefully you don't blow up too big too soon, uh, and I'll be able to talk to you again. Yeah, you're right, man.
Yeah, bro.